Hello and welcome to the Fumble Podcast number 47. I have Purple Chess with me as always. Hello, hello, hello. And Arrested Development. Good evening. And we also have Krista joining us. Hello. And hopefully, if he pops in later, we may have an appearance from Dimmy G, who is currently playing his first ever game on Fumble. He has. He is. As we record this, he is live playing his first ever Fumble game. How exciting. We may get to hear about him and what he thinks of that, as you said, at some point during the podcast. Yeah, I mean, that will be great. I think uh, we're excited about that. So we may as well kick straight in like we usually do. What have we been doing Blood Bowl-wise? Let's start with you, Arrested Development. Uh, what have I done? I loaded up Fumble, actually, for a brief period of about... Actually, quite a few hours, because I watched a few of Matt Dacca's games, and then I played some test matches against myself. But we'll cover why I might have been doing that later, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool. Um, Am I allowed to say I'm just excited that you've done any form of blood bowling at all? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I, I have been very focused on planning hikes and going hiking and going up hills at the moment. It's... You know, COVID is almost restriction-free, and mm. when you get the wilderness outside that you can wander into without restriction anyway, when the when the weather lets you do it, you do it. Well, that, that, that's fantastic, and I'm not sure anyone's blaming you for that. No, but it's, we, it's, we missed it's you nice last that episode, we haven't lost you entirely. You yeah. yeah. Defo. What about yourself, Krista? I've been working on BB2020. Exciting. We will go into more detail about this. Uh, yeah, so, we're going to so definitely circle back thought. to that. Um, maybe that makes me even more that's... excited than the return of AD. Um, what right. about you, Dave? Um, look, I've, found my, I've got into one of those zones where I'm a bit overcommitted. I suddenly found I was in six scheduled events and trying to find six different slots where I could play games. And my beloved partner said, um, this seems a bit many. Um uh, but I, you know, I did manage to win the Blood Bowl Super League, which its inaugural season, which was nice. Which is one minute turns. Uh, I'm still in the White Isle League. I have been very competitive this season, but sadly, uh, Gigster's had a fantastic season and looks like retaining his Premier League title there. Other than that, I've been, you know, running the One Four Five Club, which uh, has just kicked off its new season, and uh, still trying to get my streaming uh, going. Yeah, yeah, that um, doesn't which, seem to be going too shabby. No, we've, we've, we've got some nice people coming on there. We seem to get uh, a nice audience when I stream, so that's nice. And I am gently introducing Fumble into the stream, where and where I can. So uh, trying to grab some converts and bring them across that way. Uh, but obviously, a lot of the streaming is Blood Bowl too, because that's what people on Twitch are used to seeing. Yeah. Um, but I think that's going to change. Um, yeah, that'd make it reasons easy. that will be explained. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been playing a little bit of BB2. Um, not, not religiously, really. Um, been pa- I've been painting more than anything, to be honest. Uh. Painting my necromantic team. I've uh, found myself with a little bit more time because obviously my job um, and lots of secondary school children are isolating mm. because the COVID is ripping through them. Um, so yeah. I've had quiet patches, so I can't really plan to do anything because it's just like, and you can't charge them because they're following government guidelines. Yeah. So it's tricky, but it's given me time to kind of do a bit of do a bit of hobby stuff based around local. I mean, it's a bit not related to the podcast really, but I've got to say as somebody who's up north, so to speak, 
I was surprised they sent the English schools back for what was effectively a month and a half of schooling before they go on their summer holidays anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I'm with you, but on the other hand, my um, brother is the exact opposite. He is just furious that the schools ever stopped at all because God. the children yeah. weren't that vulnerable um, and he doesn't care about teachers being vulnerable. They've got no right to be defended. Yeah, he well, put I... them in little plastic booths at the front of a classroom and made them all attend. Yeah, I could I could explain quite easily why it's a terrible idea in scientific terms for anyone who can't actually guess anyway, but we don't have three hours to cover all the multitude of reasons why it would have been a terrible idea not to take them out of school. Um, no, look, I'm, I'm 100% with you, but I mean, it, the world has had a tough couple of years. Let's yeah, hope we're really at least have. getting yeah. to a point where, I mean, I think COVID's here for a long, long, long time, but I think it's going to get to the point, hopefully, where we're at least able to live with it and control it a little better. Yeah, um, and that should mean things like them. you know, live blood bowl comes back. Yeah. yeah, well, I think it has started, doesn't it? Live blood bowl. So yeah, yeah. across the world, in parts. Um, but let's shoot straight back to the most exciting news, mm. and over to Krista, and the implementation of the BB twenty testing stuff. What do you reckon? Tell us where we're at. Sure. Tell us where we're at, Krista. That's probably the best place to start. Well, we are at a point where we've asked for help uh, to test the new client. It's essentially uh, most of the features of BB2020 is uh, are done, and we are just making sure that everything works. And people are playing full games of 2020 Blood Bowl with the new test version. Excellent. That's so exciting, isn't it? And have you got, is there a good amount of people having time to do that? Um, or is it a, a core, fair, core For now, team? it's a fair amount. Uh, we have a handful of people who are helping out and playing and, and running tests. And for the time being, uh, bugs are being found and identified. So there is a backlog of stuff to fix. Okay. But I'm guessing that that's going to fade off a bit after the novelty wears off. Mm. Because currently the games are not persistent. You, you can only play in test mode uh, yeah, and yeah, okay. just try to f find bugs. Yes. Not, the site isn't exactly ready to, to deal with results and deal with scale-ups. Scale-ups is something I've been working on for the last week, maybe, pretty hard. Yeah, because that's, that that's a site-side system, isn't it? And that's going to be different, new, and complicated. Yeah. That, so that must be really hard to code because it's not just a case of choosing a skill, is it? It depends on whether it's random skill. And... It's a whole thing, yes. Yeah. I've spent a week on it pretty hardcore um, all of my time that I've been well, able to, basically. I mean, it's, I can't even fathom how long that would take, to be honest. But no, it's, it's beyond my comprehension. I mean, one thing I can say is, sadly, I, I don't feel I have the mind or the brain or the knowledge to, to bug hunt for you. Um, but I know we've got a lot of people like me, sort of semi-retired, waiting for the new rule set. And if that is you and you're listening to this podcast, if you feel you've got the skills to come back and squash some bugs, um, you know, that would be great. Some experienced players playing a few test games, finding some bugs and reporting them so that we can uh, we can fight them and get yeah, it up as quick as possible would probably good. be a great thing. Definitely. So do yeah. consider if you fall into that category of people that could really help. The other thing is, if you are making a team specifically for use in test mode, you make it in the... Um, test division but you actually don't need to complete making the team you can leave it unmade and therefore go back to it and adjust the roster later 
So you you can load a team that's not actually been submitted in test mode. I do it all the time. Right. And also there is, I've just recently changed the test division so that people can admin their own teams. So you can go in and add scales and, and edit the players and stuff. Excellent. So uh, that makes it even easier to test things, doesn't it? Yeah. So if there's some dynamic or, or area of Blood Bowl that you desperately need to know is working in Blood Bowl 2020, come on Fumble and give it a test. And if it isn't, uh, report the bug. And hopefully that means that 2020 happens even sooner for all of us. Yeah, I mean, it's just exciting. Because say you'd played some test games, Graham? Yeah. Yes, is that what you were hinting at? So how's it been? It's, so far, it's been all right. I mean, I've not reported anything because I was just doing it for my own amusement. I actually had loaded a bunch of test teams in ages ago before the changes were pu- properly put over and found that all the Black Orcs were effectively Agility 4 at one point before the um, server and the client are actually communicating the same information. Or at least... Fun. Right. Or at least not so much communicating the same information, but interpreting it the same way. The information didn't change just the way it, inter- it was interpreted was. Ah. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's been fine. I, I just uh, didn't... Did it... I didn't really want to make a big deal of it, so I just did it myself. Yeah, sure. no, I get that. I get that. What, what uh, were you feeling about the people. new rules actually being played? Now you've played the new rules. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually going to have to play against someone for that. I was thinking of chasing down Bazakastian at some point because I wanted I want to see how the game feels and it's like see when you're playing against yourself, mucking about, you can try and say, "Oh, I'm going to try this and try that and see what happens," and you understand whether it's working in the client or not, but you don't really understand how the game is flowing about it if you're just throwing it in there. Mm. Yeah, you yeah. Actually, yeah, you yeah, need you need to play someone to get that effect. Yeah. Yes, I mean, that's what I've said. I mean, I, I think I'm not bad as a theory bowler. I know there are better out there. Um, the likes of Joe Manji, one of the finest theory bowlers we have. But I, I, I'm i also, you know, I do, I'm a kinesthetic learner. I do need to get my hands on it and play it and feel it to really know how I how, what I think about some of these uh, big changes. I'm just interested on the subject of the Blood Bowl 2020 rules. Um, your friend and mine, uh, Throwek, Mr. Joshua, was uh, chatting yes. on my Discord asking if uh, if anyone's actually playing Blood Bowl 2020, um, you know, with the lockdown, with the, the death of sort of, or currently hiatus of tabletop tournaments and leagues, um, how many games of Blood Bowl 2020 have actually been played since the release of the rules? And asking on my Discord where there are, you know, quite a few people, um, he did get a, a reply from Tussock, who seems to have played some games. Um, yeah, on Fumble. Yeah. You can play them. Um, his, I just thought a couple of his look quick takes were just interesting to throw out there. Um, he backs up that you know stars are a huge setup step up from the current level of stars, yeah. um, which I think we all you know pretty much assumed was going to be the case. Um, he says that the new throwers are actually much more useful than he'd expected because the two plus throwers, which I think you know humans and rats gain access to now as well, it does mean you have to get your specialist thrower if you want to throw the ball. Um, but it does make it more practical. Um, and he tells a story of, uh, it must have been a tabletop league, because some elf player uh, tried to throw a ball and, of course, got a wildly stupid pass. And it instead went several spaces behind him, uh, which he was uh, apparently very unhappy about. Um, and then he talks about the uh, the kickoff events being nerfed and how 
despite I feel the nerves are very, very minor, the nerves. Um, he says it is very noticeable that, that they really change them and make it, um, his exact words, much harder to guarantee a win on the back of. Uh, and then he was talking about either a perfect defense, pitch invasion, or blitz. So the, perhaps the three big ones that people feel really alter games. I mean, so that's all very positive. That's that's good news about the 2020 rules. Um, and with the client nearing the point where uh, it's going to head into a beater on fumble, uh, I think exciting times lie ahead of us. I think yeah, they do. I, mean, I, it's, I think it's going to be exciting. I think there's still some uncertainty um, around the whole thing and how it's going to play out for people. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know. Have you had any feedback yet, Krista, from the test games? I know it's just bug-related, in a sense. But have no, you had any general comments on the rules? Not really. Not about the rules themselves on a meta level. I mean, obviously, there is a bunch of bug reports and saying that this doesn't work as it should in the client. Some of them, most of them are, are actual bugs. Some of them are just people misunderstanding the rules. But the people are not really talking about how the game plays and how all the changes are affecting the meta. That's, that's yeah. going to come much later, I think. I think we need to see this be live, and then we'll see what happens in the long term. It's going to take a couple of months, probably. Yeah, it'll take up to six months to see meta changes and people get comfortable with yeah. rules. But also, to be honest, inside of beta client testing, it's not relevant. It's, it's really not relevant whether you like the rules or not. You, yeah. you just, no, does it work? It's just doing technical testing at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, but to make that, that official, I mean, are we at the point where we are declaring that we are betering? Is that the phrase we're using yet? Or is it we, are we sure, hearing? Sure, sure. It's, it's basically arbitrary. Okay. And my so, son insists on calling I mean, it, it a better. Off, that, I mean, that comes shortly after the, uh, the, the BB3 beta. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the alpha? Uh, no, it's a bit definitely a beta. <laughs> well, it wasn't. Definitely, I saw it. Definitely a beta. So I played I, it. I played it too. So <laughs> I got a key. Exaggeration. You got a key, Dave, didn't you? I did. And I, I got. Mean, a key. Not, I mean, I'd actually applied, and I don't know if it was because I applied or if it's because I stream. Um, but they did seem to contact sort of most of the streamers and offer them keys via Discord. Um, so yeah. I think that was deliberate, an attempt to get it streamed and to and show I, off that I had one in the end, and I did stream a few games. I, I'll be honest with you, I did not complete one single game. I tried seven times. Wow. But I, I think um, I, it was an issue to do with my eyes. I really struggled to not feel nauseous because of all the camera movement. I know you can turn that off. Or you hopefully will be able to. Um, but the other bit about it was, I just didn't really like it. Well, I mean, you're not alone there. I mean, I did hear other people saying that it, it literally hurt their eyes to be watching that client and playing that client. You know, it was causing them physical pain and discomfort. Um, I mean, I was lucky. I didn't really experience that. I mean, what I, I my feedback to them, you know, was was public, and I don't mind repeating it. I actually think a lot of what they've done is is quite nice. The pitches, if you just look at the pitch, are very pretty. Uh, the the figures, they're a little bit spindly looking, but they do look a lot like the uh, the current sculpts. There's a lot of customization options, but the customization options are incredibly hard to use. It's a terribly designed interface. And whilst the the pitches look nice, the stadiums look nice, and the players look sort of all right. Once you put them all together, the whole thing's just a visual mess and incredibly hard to work out what's going on. 
Um, and despite the the boast in a recent PC Gamer article that outside of Games Workshop, Cyanide know the most about Blood Bowl of anyone in the world, um, that just can't be true, can it? I mean, that comment was the most ridiculous comment I've ever heard. Yeah, in it, my it genuinely life. was. And, and but the big problem I had, the, the total deal breaker in a very unattractive package of Blood Bowl 3 at the moment, and there's time they may sort some of that out, <laughs> um, is that at the moment when an opponent blocks you during their turn, you can't tell who they're blocking with or who they're blocking. But if you've got a skill, you then get to take a choice about do you use that skill without knowing who it is or where they are. And that's that's insane. You can't play Blood Bowl. I mean, that's a different game, Blind Blood Bowl where you're literally guessing, you know, okay, well, I've got three players with blocks, so it's probably that one he's hit, but it might be that one. I mean, that's not Blood Bowl. But also, you, you know the result before you see the dice. Hmm. Don't you? Yes, I, th I mean, I think the whole thing's a huge step back from Blood Bowl 2, which I don't think is as well-coded as Fumble. I think, um, I agree. I agree graphic. with that. I completely agree with that. But I also think that they've tried to make it a little bit more table-toppy, because uh, they've the art, the artwork, and uh, and and the what, characters, I guess, if you call them sprites, whatever you want to call them, are based on the models of the GW board game, aren't they? In the in BB3. Yes, yeah, they are. So and they've got all the colours available that that yeah. are sold as Citadel paint or whatever it is now. Yeah, so I mean that's quite. I mean the whole you can tart them up and do all of that business. That's quite nice, but. I don't know. Is it? I mean, well, I know we have a lot of hobbyists. like that stuff. Hmm. Okay. It wasn't for me. I was just like, yeah, that colour will do. Let's crack on. And see if I can... Yeah, it, it took me a long time to notice that blind. different colours were available. Um, <laughs> really, what's wrong with having half of them red and half of them blue? But there we are. But we did see, you know, we found out that Ripper was coming back. Yes. Because he was a uh, star player in that, wasn't he? So the old well, at stars... least we, we assume he's coming. I mean, we've always assumed he's probably coming back. Yeah. Um, and just because Cyanide have put him in doesn't necessarily mean that he is, but it does point towards it. Supposedly, them and Games Workshop are working hand in glove on this, aren't they? So, yeah. So, Graham, you said you haven't played it. Permission. I haven't, but I've seen it being played on quite a few occasions. And what, I also... what are your thoughts? Oh, well, you see... I actually, on some level, feel a bit sorry for Cyanide in some ways because, first of all, they had to create a new UI because the when they update the rules, there are so many of them that change the order or the or the particular dice that are rolled that you are then rewriting all those six sections of code for that. So you may as well start writing a new UI and everything around it, a new engine. Yeah, and. That's immediately a problem because quite a lot of people's criticism of Blood Bowl 3 at the beginning was why couldn't they have just updated the BB2 engine? And it's like actually an impossibility to do that. Or not an impossibility, but it's actually harder to do that than it is to just write a new engine. Yes, it would have been more work to go back and unpick all of that code with half the coders having left and work out what it's all doing and then rewrite it to do the new stuff. Probably simpler just to start fresh. Yeah. But is that a good excuse for why the user interface is so much worse? No, that's the bit I was getting to. The problem the problem is the new user interface has a lot of problems with it. It reminds me, actually, of having played several PC games that were ported out to consoles. Mm. And you sit there and everybody who wants the PC version is sitting going, 
we've got a crap UI because this is coming out on Xbox and it needs to go into a smaller graphical display setting for the machines. Even though it comes out on a TV, it's always a squashed down console size. You know, and yeah. you're like, that how much how much of that is true, how much of that isn't, I don't know. But it certainly feels that the um, the new BB3 UI it's it's just too busy. There's far far too much going on, and then the colours they've picked, they've actually managed to create at the moment a graphical interface for the matches, which has people using colourblind colour settings, even when they're not colourblind, just to make it comfortable to watch. Yeah. Yes, that's not ideal, is it? It there's something a little bit about your um. Your game colours, I'm not sure it's anything good, but it says something. I, well, I, don't I, mean, know. I found it very noticeable that lots of people who have traditionally said things like, oh, yes, you know, I hear Fumble's great, but it, it just doesn't have the graphics I can live with or I can't make sense of it graphically, have now seen Blood Bowl 3 and said, well, perhaps perhaps actually Fumble is a lot more easy to understand than I thought. So, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be quite good for us. Not only will Fumble be... You know, live with the Blood Bowl 20 rules and all the skills and all the teams miles ahead of Blood Bowl 3. But unless Blood Bowl 3 makes some fundamental changes, it seems to have upset just about everybody in the player base of Blood Bowl 2. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you're playing Blood Bowl 2 right now and you are looking forward to Blood Bowl 3 with trepidation, or even if you're looking forward to it with optimism, the fact is you're going to be able to play the new rules on Fumble about at least six months in advance of a finished product on Blood Bowl. Probably a year, to be honest. But you've got a chance to go get used to the rules, and maybe Blood Bowl 3 comes out and you decide yep, it's for me. Now I know the rules as well, I'm going to crush even more in the Goldfish Bowl. (laughs) Or, Or maybe, maybe, you sit there and say, actually, you know what? The graphics didn't do it for me in the beta. They still don't do it for me. Screw it. I'm not buying it. Yes, I mean, there, there was, I suppose, one ray of hope. I think it was a stream I was in where we commented on the user interface, and it was a community manager, so not a developer, not anyone in any way responsible, yeah. um, and hence quite open to just telling lies if they think it's going to cheer the community up. Um, and yes, I am implying that community managers will tell lies. And they said that there is a chance that the PC release gets its own user interface, um, but they weren't prepared to commit to it, which made me think like they were just saying that to make us shut up about complaining, really. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what how they respond to the feedback on Discord that people gave. So, Krista, are you um, when we, we get uh, the new Blood Bowl 2020, are we changing the Fumble interface, or is it all going to make sense to me? It's fundamentally unchanged. Um, obviously, some things are different. Uh, you have to declare your bliss targets, but fundamentally, it's the same UI. Yeah. Uh, one funny thing is that you were talking about how to how to do the updates and how Cyanide has to start from scratch. Yeah. Uh, the Fumble client currently potentially supports uh, BB twenty sixteen rules as well at the same time. Yeah, because oh you, wow, because you don't restart, you do the hard no. thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, we should edit ridiculous. that bit out of the podcast, or else we're going to get people saying, "Can we just keep playing that, please?" Oh, it's just so weeks can. That's, people, that's uh, the, the idea is that I mean, I'm still not promising that 2016 rules will be fully functional, but uh, if it is, it will be available as an option to league. Obviously, the main divisions will switch to 2020, 
because I feel that that has to be done. But league, uh, we're going to try to preserve as much as possible for league managers to do what they want to do. It's always been your policy with Bumble, though, hasn't it, to be as rules compliant as you possibly can be for the competitive Yes. Yeah. It's an effect of, um, I joined OLBBL way, way back uh, when that was a thing. And they had maybe three pages of house rules. And I figured I, it took more time to learn their house rules than to learn the game. And that annoyed me a bit. So I, I, that's stuck around. I don't want a different, I don't want a house rules on Fumble because it's so varied. Yeah. When people come here, they will be playing house rules in their own local uh, leagues, but at least we have a reference implementation on Fumble. And people can refer to it, hopefully, uh, to say that this is how Fumble does it, then it's probably the correct way. Yeah. I mean, but of course, within the league division, there is much more freedom to set up a league with your own variations and your Absolutely. own teams and your own races, even. Um, so Fumble does have all of that usability, but in the main competitive divisions, we stick traditionally as close to the rules as is implementable and sane, given yeah. the limits of the you, website. You see that in, in things like declaring blitzes, declaring passes, declaring handoffs uh, before you start moving the player. Yeah. Now, that's I, caused a huge controversy in that when yeah. Blood Bowl 3 started doing that. I was about to bring that up as well, especially when Krista said you need to nominate the Blitz now as well. Because mm. Blood Bowl 3 has added in the declaring a pass, declaring a handover and so on, which you expect. To be rules to be rules accurate. Yeah. But the thing is, for an online game, those those three are not really that big a deal, in my opinion. Unless no. you want rules absolute compliance. I think if you were going to lose like part of your your UI and your menus, and you were going to say this is too much hassle for someone to remember, then declaring a pass or a handover are the first ones you go. But they added those in. What they didn't add is the actual nomination part of the blitz. So despite adding the whole sections where de declaring comes in, the one that you would say is going to have the biggest impact in a game and be seen most often, the nomination... And the biggest the change to how people currently yes. play, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's also that the nomination is an important part of the game for certain teams. Oh, yeah. With, yes. with the interaction of the foul appearance is really, really important. Yep. Yeah, and, and also with the dump-off. I mean, yeah. dump-off is now yeah. much more viable skill, isn't it? But it, it was just, it was quite amusing to me to see them add, like, add in the declarations for pass and handover. And then, like, the one big change, the one you're expecting to see, the one that actually matters. Well, nah, yeah. we've not put that in yet. I mean, I've got an interestingly sort of nuanced stance on this in that uh, I've always been able to sit in both sides of the fence. I, on Fumble, I absolutely think we should be declaring all the actions as you do on tabletop. Yeah. But then I consider Fumble to be a recreation of fantasy football through Java. Yes, if you're looking for a tabletop simulator, you should do it as you're doing it on tabletop. But I don't see the Cyanides games as a tabletop simulator. No, exactly. I, I see them as a computer game version of Blood Bowl. Yeah. So I think it was kind of, I didn't mind when Blood Bowl 2 said you don't have to declare moves or, or pickups or handoffs or passes. Um, and that they let you just blitz, you know, by deciding halfway through a move to blitz someone. Um, yeah. But I, I, to, to sort of, as you say, to reverse that for Blood Bowl 3 has annoyed the player base. Yeah. But then to not do it for the most key action seems crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's going to be then massively divergent from the real rules. I mean, I, I can only assume they haven't worked out how to code it properly yet. Right. I, I'm not even joking. Like, it's <laughs> the only reason for them not to have nomination in, in the beta when it was released. I'm sure it will come in later. 
if it doesn't, then I don't know what the heck they're going to be doing, but I'm sure it will come in. I mean, the rest of it though was surprising. I was I was surprised they actually made the game compliant in that sense because with all the stuff in the game that wasn't compliant alongside the stuff that was with the old with the old CRP rules, you know, it's that's the handovers and whatnot, decorations, small potatoes. Yeah. You're already not doing a lot of things you would have to do on the board game anyway. And also, I mean, they're becoming compliant with that, but they're also having a nod to the fact that they are a video game by retaining the four-minute turn timer and giving people, like, clock time. Yes. So... You know, you can you can sit down and just say, actually, we think declaring a pass and a handover is excess time you don't really need to do in a video game. We're just not going to do it. But we're keeping the timer and we're adding like a, a time bank because we understand people do actually need a bit more time than maybe the settings we've given them. Hmm. Which actually... It was but it, didn't, didn't the new rules change it so that there isn't time turns shouldn't have timeouts now that you can just play forever? Yes, they did. And, of course, that's just, in my opinion, not workable at all online, and I would prefer, prefer to play with a chess clock in person. But you Yeah, know, I, I don't have seven weeks to play Enzona Blood Bowl. I, <laughs> I have had that in the past. I don't anymore. But, you know, I mean, this, this, this timing thing is an issue in that sense, but it's, it's also an issue in the fact that from what I saw of the beta... Blood Bowl 3 is setting these t- setting the time limit and giving the time bank, but each turn seems to take at least three times as long as a Blood Bowl 2 turn to actually play. I'm not Yeah, it yeah. does, doesn't it? Um I'd found well, I couldn't quite work out why. I, I did. found myself running out of time on my turns because I didn't really know what I was doing. Like like, like we've talked about it before, but all like the declaring the action, I was like, right, yeah, I need to do that, need to do that. Can't figure out who I'm hitting, so that took some time up. Yeah, and then the, the camera angles and the oh, yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope well, they do sort it out. Yes, I mean, I, I, I actually kind of want. I know Chris is here, and I probably shouldn't say this. <clears throat> I kind of want all versions of Blood Bowl to be good and successful, and yeah. attract more people into Blood Bowl. Um, and I still think, no matter what happens, even if Blood Bowl 3 is the greatest game that's ever been released, I still think there's easily going to be a niche for Fumble. Um, and we will still have a player base and active people. I think we always um, so It just doesn't frighten me. Um, but I'm more concerned that Blood Bowl 3 just makes such a ham fist of the new rules that it drives people away from Blood Bowl. Well, eventually, so, uh, the thing is, they'll eventually turn the BB2 servers off, won't they? Eventually. Probably. Yeah, I mean, they must be paying money for them, and as they're going to stop making money off it, then presumably that is going to happen, yeah. Maybe they'll just run them forever, except no match will ever actually get uploaded, and you'll just get bounced back to zero SPP, no <coughs> way, every single game. Hey, you're halfway there already. <laughs> well, I have to say, that has happened to me recently again. Um, the Blood Bowl 2 server's famous for occasionally eating games. Yeah, I've had that. And they've eaten a couple of mine this uh, this last few weeks, so yeah. Yeah, one, one of mine was eaten, before. which I really don't mind being eaten, I've got to be honest. Oh, have you managed to have a loss eaten? Yeah. 
Oh, it's only ever eaten my wins. It was a real I, smug I, loss as well. Like the guy I was playing was dead smuggy about beating oh. me. Well, I was I was playing goblins, and I think I was one nil up. This was before the end of last season. Um, well, no one's got one... any right to be smug about beating goblins in any way well, with any think, team. But this, ever. this was it, right? So I was one nil up um, at half time, and I thought, oh, I, and I, I can't remember what I put. Something like, oh, that was unlucky. Maybe we could have gone up two up there because I failed a three plus or something. And he just put, did you really think you were going to win with goblins? That's just really well. <gasps> So then he, he, I mean, he destroyed my team in the second half because he had a tackle mighty blow guy that was just on fire and he managed to grind 2-1. And it got eaten and I was just quite pleased about it. Mm. Is there ever an okay okay time to, I mean, I suppose he could have been bantering. That could have been jovial, but... No, no, this was, no, no, it was definitely, you know what I'm like with people online and chat. I interpret yeah. things badly most of the time. <laughs> yeah, but the reply to that is, did you really think you were going to win with Goblins? The reply is always, well, when I saw the coach name, yes. <laughs> I will use that oh, no, that time. would have been great. I'll use that next time. Okay, right. Um, hmm. Anything else fumble we want to discuss? Well, we've got Christy here. I don't know if he's going to be here for the rest of the episode anyway, but while we're on... Yeah, I mean... I think we should talk about uh, the legend, the the most sought-after items in Blood Bowl. Yes. The greatest, the finest small plastic cubes you can lay your hands on. I hear a rumour, Krista, that there's some new fumbled dice in the offing. Are you going to be taking my money away for some lovely little plastic <laughs> squares again? Um, maybe. Um, I was... Uh, well, I have a small stash of them uh, for my own purposes, sending them out to tournament winners and stuff. And I'm sort of running low. So I got in touch with uh, Spubba, uh, who has been doing the, the dice things for a while yeah. now. And we talked a bit about the logistics and with Brexit and the company that he was using to get them created, they don't exist anymore. Right. Something had to change. Uh, so started looking around uh, for a different supplier we can make them and found a company in Spain, I think. That is okay. potentially being uh, that that does custom dice, and I placed an order for some prototypes to see what they what they look like. Yeah, and I mean they're never going to top the hand painted beauty of an S Pubba dice. Uh, <laughs> and I, I speak as a man with some specifically personalized ones created will, for that lovely Chaos Dwarf team you made for me. These will also be hand painted because it's very complicated to uh, to get dice made that has two different colors on the same face. Right. Unless they're printed, but that's terrible. I don't want that. Okay. Well, how fantastic. Possibly new fumble dice new. around. Yeah. And it'll potentially be me who paints them because I'm I'm going to be placing the order. There, It's difficult for Spaba to do it from the UK. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's great for the UK people, but not so great for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we have decided to isolate ourselves from the rest of the world, which um, I don't think the rest of the world should be responsible for. So I'm hoping that the, comp- the, the company I ordered from has uh, shipped them, so they're, uh, quote-unquote, in transit. Now, I'm not saying that you should buy Fumble Dice just because Krista's obviously putting a lot of time, effort, and work into them, or because they are the most beautiful dice you could ever roll at a tabletop event, um, but mainly because they're a fantastic investment. Anytime I've seen Fumble Dice come up on eBay, they've always yeah. been going for a lot more than any time we've sold them on Fumble. 
Um, so I might just buy all of them and then slowly release them <laughs> one by one onto eBay as a new income stream. You put them on eBay like a week after it's announced they've all went out and you can usually sell them for £40 despite only having spent six. Yeah, no, I'm not saying anyone should do that. <laughs> we're not, we're not endorsing that. But I'm oh, just I... saying that Fumble Dice always go on eBay for more than you've paid. Yeah, them. yeah. That, and that's if, the fact. If anyone should ask, I still have mine. I have the photographs to prove it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, and they are much treasured. Though I do think I've lost one of my Fumble poker chips. So if they ever happen again, I'll oh, I've, buy I've still got but... a Fumble poker chip. Yeah. Um, well, look, that's really, that really exciting. But you'll find everything about it on Fumble. Um, yes. So you just need uh, to Google one, Fumble F U M B B L. Once I get the prototypes, I will be posting images. Uh, even if they're bad, I'm going to post images and, and let people know. I'm hoping yeah, if they're, they're bad. They're we can all have a laugh, sure. and if yeah. they're good, we can all yeah. buy some. But, now, whilst we do we'll still, still have buy Brister, them when bad, to be there we go. another subject that cropped up in the area where we store possible subjects to talk about is Arrested Development wants to explain to the world just how important to your life and your future opportunities. CR is. Coach ranking. Chicken rendang. Chicken rendang, isn't it? Yeah. No, it was actually, this is this is a long belated rant because it was to do with the last changes that went through to the calculation, yeah. which was purely because people were being rewarded far, far too much based on being the lower team in a team gap game. Right. And this amused me personally, on some level, because two of the greatest complaints about TV mismatches are always the ones playing with the 400-plus gap against them, which means that they have benefited from getting some large chunks of CR when they've won, and also benefited from not losing as much as they should have when they lost. Right. But, but I also also wanted to talk about it for the same for a similar reason in the sense that when this change went through, quite a few people immediately said, what do I need to do to protect my CR? And this is worrying. <laughs> Their response is, get better. Yeah, play better, yeah, blah, blah. But this is worrying because you don't protect your CR. This is not, it's not, it's not a function, you know? Like, it's measuring your ability to win a game against the expectation that you win a game. It's your form. Like, you can't protect your form. AD, there is a number. I like seeing it go up. How do I keep it going up and stop it going down? That's all I care about. Keep the rest of your nonsense to yourself. Well, you have to practice very, very hard and play games and win games. Right, I'm not willing to do that. So how else do I do it? Well... Malmue posted a blog quite some time ago. Yes, he did. Yeah, used to get that one. Alternatively, um, you can set a challenge for yourself. I hear people usually, you know, perform better when they have a goal, and I think for your goal, you should try to summit Mount Goo. Yes. Okay. Um, recently, we did have two attempts to do that. I don't know if Spartacle quite got there. But I know Monona Loco actually made it to the summit and then was killed in the death zone. He lost like four CR in the two games. It was hilarious. That is a lot of CR. I mean, I've been to the top of Mount Goo before now. By the way, when we're saying the top of Mount Goo, we mean that Purple Goo still, of course, never listens to the podcast, so he won't hear this. Um, <laughs> but very active on the site uh, once every couple of months, just to make sure that his name 
stays yeah. right at the top of the rankings. That may not be his intention, but by pure accident, that is what seems to happen uh, if he plays an occasional league game. So if you're looking to be the top of what is currently the fumble ranking system, it does mean surpassing the uh, the mark that Purple Goo has set. And perhaps, yeah, perhaps I should. I mean, I've been semi-retired for the last few months off fumble, basically just doing the Whitehall League and the one four five and a very occasional game. And perhaps that is what I need to do, is just once again try and top those summits. I mean, I have been top of B and R and the combined one. Any dwarf teams coming up? But, I mean, all joking aside, and not completely joking in the sense of it's good to have goals, it is always a bit worrying to me when we have members of the community talk about protecting their CR or yeah. um, if you're gaming it in any way, it's ceasing, it's ceasing to do what it's supposed to be doing, and you're you're actually using it to measure something it's not supposed to measure. Like, well, look, I mean, I've always said that, you know, it's a, a quote of mine that I quote too often, that numbers are there to look pretty, not to mean things. Yeah. I mean, that we should see numbers like flowers, like a beautiful thing that's yeah. interesting to see, but I not really ascribe meaning. something innate in us as humans, that, or some of us humans. Yeah, we, like, is, we like that measure, don't we, of am I getting better at something? Yeah, um, but you coach rating... Your coach rating is not how good you are at Blood Bowl. It's quite related to it, and in some cases it's directly related to it, but it is not actually measuring that at all. No, I, I understand that. I just think it's a bit like when Dave said earlier, I like seeing numbers go up. How do I get my numbers to go up more? There is. Did you miss that I was taking the piss then? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. no. <laughs> okay, I knew, good, you, I knew good. you were taking the piss. But my point is, in its simplest form, I think some coaches feel like that. Yeah, yeah, they do. That, I think that's one hundred percent true. They they judge, you know, am I getting better by has that number got bigger? Yeah, but I mean, you know, think of it like a set of skills. Sometimes your number can go up, and it's not a good thing. Yes, no, that's true. That is true. Well, listen, we've we've now been joined by mm. a uh, a fellow streamer, Dimmy G. Hello, lads. Hello. How are you? I, um... You're all right. When you were talking about scales going up, I think the scales in here have definitely gone up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I've, uh, I've stopped having I've stopped having scales in my house of about five years ago, and I'm much happier for it. Yeah, evil. Well, listen, you've, so uh, welcome to the Fumble Podcast, Dimmy G. Yeah, you've just joined us because you've just literally finished your first game on Fumble. Is that right? It is right, and it, it was actually really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, like, I'm a big fan of the Fumble, Fumble Podcast in general. To be fair, actually. Listen to it regularly, uh, despite my first ever football game being about 10 minutes ago. So it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm really excited. And I, I actually know you lads quite well. Yeah, you recently. do. Yeah. I'm, I actually am not sure what I'm more surprised at, though. You qualifying for Chalice, or you playing on Fumble? I think I think they're both a shock, really. I mean, I just want to get better at Blood Bowl in general. And... Um, I mean, Dionysian always said to me like ages ago when I first set out on my 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 epic mission to get better at Blood Bowl that I need to play like all formats, um, not just to play Blood Bowl two. Um, and obviously, I'm going to be playing tabletop soon as well. And uh, I hear that uh, Fumble is really good for improving. Like it's, it's closer to tabletop than yeah. What yeah, Blood yeah. Bowl I, I still find. think there's a, a big step change between tabletop and fumble, but I think it's much closer and will give you a better idea than Blood Bowl 2 will. That's certainly true, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, like, activations and stuff, like, it, get, it got my mind thinking, like, a lot more than, because 
Bloodborne 2 does a lot more stuff for you just naturally, so uh, it's it's good. I, I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to play. It. I'm going to play quite a few games, I think. So, so have so. you ever played tabletop before, Dimi? I played it when I was like 13 years old. Okay. So, but you haven't you haven't um, played it since then. Everything's been online. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. So, I mean, I didn't. So you... I didn't play. Go on. Sorry, mate. No, I was no. just going to say I, did, I didn't play online until August 2019. So that was okay. 13. Like it was about 20 odd years. And then our first ever online game was in August 2019. So, so before you go to the UKTC, heed some of my advice. Make <laughs> sure you play a good few tabletop games. Because the first time you sit down for a tabletop game, after you've been playing Fumble, what happens is you sit down and you go, right, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've already asked him the key question. What is the first dice you roll in Blood Bowl? When you sit down and your opponent sits down, what is the first dice you roll? It's weather, isn't it? Weather? Well, no, that's the fame's best. Or is it weather? <laughs> it's one of those two. Okay, AD, what do you think it is? I don't roll any dice. I use a dice cup. Fair enough. <laughs> what is the first thing decided by dice during a game of Blood Bowl? I think, uh, I think I'd have gone weather. No, oh, wait a minute. It is actually the weather, I think. Krista, weather or fans? I have no clue. I made a client too, <laughs> so I have to remember. <laughs> How fantastic. There we are. For very experienced Blood Bowl coaches, none of us are 100% sure. I think it's the weather too. I think followed it is by fan factor. The thing is, I think when, when you're doing tabletop in a league and things like that, there's a little bit of give, isn't there? Because, you know, it doesn't matter if you so who's going to kick off first, whether what... That kind of stuff. It's the, you need it's, to settle the weather before you decide to kick off. Well, you do, you it do. Because it's whether you that, want to. It but... was just a poor example. That was a poor example. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. People don't mind so much. Yeah, yeah. But um, my point is, Jim, Dimmy, what will happen is you'll get to a point where you're like, right, I'm just going to dodge this guy out. Right now, is that a three plus? Or is it one tackle zone? So is that a one? Because four plus. Oh, yeah. So it's that, it's that kind of uh, mentality to get past sometimes. Because when I first started a league with Mr. Joshua, they called me Mr. Automated because I was just like, please, <laughs> please somebody do it for me because I haven't got a bloody clue. Oh, I think I'm going to turn up with like a massive notepad with like step-by-step instructions. <laughs> right, so that's for the future. Let, I want to get back to today. You've yeah, literally yeah. just finished your first ever fumble game. What's your, what's your hot take? What are the first three things you would say to a, a new player just about to play their first fumble game? What were you uh, having to remember? Or think? <laughs> the first one would be download Java before you <laughs> 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 play it. That would definitely be the first thing. Uh, second thing um, like, is obviously making the screen bigger. So someone was in chat and they just said hit the Windows key and hit the plus sign. And then that, that really helped. It just made it bigger so I could see it. Um, yeah, just in passing, of course, I mean, most, most listeners will know this, but there was a lot of work on a new client for, for Fumble, which was going to be using the Unity engine, was going to be able to be resizable, um, you know, scalable, so it'd be much easier to stream, much easier to get full screen. Um, but all of that, of course, was put on hold when the Blood Bowl 2020 rules were announced. I don't know whether that's going to be revived afterwards or not. Uh, that's, that's the plan, yes. We, yeah, okay. Whoop. But uh, I mean, I would hope everyone involved in Blood Bowl 20 gets a good few months off before they launch into another project. Quite yeah, I, 
I would definitely recommend like having a friend who's played fumble before with you to chat to you for sort of like there's certain things like um I mean like, I built a team and stuff like that that was okay but it would have been much smoother if I had someone just going oh just, it's there and it's there yeah but, I do um, have I do have YouTube tutorial videos Dimmy on fumble oh do you I do yeah we should we should talk about those more throw it because yeah. you've done all of exactly that haven't you how yeah, to get I've started done how to make a team how to make an account how to do all of those things so if you just go, if you uh, go onto YouTube and search for throw I will. Um, I will subscribe to you right now. There's, there's lots of them on there, but there's also Mike Davis as well who does some good ones too. Um, but yeah, it's very much start from scratch stuff. I did them a few years ago actually. Anyway, that's by the by. But they're out there as well. I'll put a link. I'll, I'll put a link in. I've already subscribed. Nice. <laughs> and I think, I think you were pleasantly surprised by, uh, by the person you rolled into as well, weren't you? Who's also very new to Fumble. Oh, is he new? Is he? Oh, mate, yeah, he was not that. That was his second dream. ever game. Oh, was that was that his second ever game? Oh man, like um, I was so surprised. Like um, Blood Bowl two, like people just don't really talk, and when they do talk, it's not <laughs> it's not very positive a lot of the time. So um, the dude was an absolute legend. He waited forever for me to get into the game because I had some Java problems. But um, yeah, really, really nice bloke. Like really chatty. I really like that about the actual client itself, like the fact that you can have a chat and stuff, and uh, you got like the viewers in there and stuff. You got noise effects going off. Like it's it, it feels just a sort of nicer. It feels more of like a, a two-person experience rather than Tim. Like, I mean, probably next game you'll roll into someone who just says you know, <laughs> "bad luck, get whatever." Um, words I won't yeah. use on the on the site on the on the podcast. But um, I do think we have probably one of the nicest, most grown-up communities on the internet. Um, we have yeah. some dicks, of course, but I think the vast majority of people on Fumble are usually pretty decent. But I think generally when people are being a dick on Fumble, they get called out on it. Yeah, I think they tend to. It doesn't so always like, stop. Because some people are very robust in their dickishness. Yeah, some of them go into podcasts because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so like, when you're a spectator, right, I take it you can see all the in-game chat that the players are actually yeah. typing. To but they can't see yeah. what you type. Yeah, as spectators, uh, you, you can read what they type, um, and obviously it comes in red and blue, so you, you know it, it's nice and clear. But all the spectator chat to each other comes in grey in that same box, and while the spectators can see all of it, uh, the players can only see what the other player types. And yeah, the sounds as well, obviously. Yes, that's that's one thing that you, you can't get on Blob Two is you can't like if you spectate a game. Like you can't see what what's been said to each other, and that's like sometimes you really want to know what they're saying to each other. <laughs> you, yes, know, you, like... you don't know how many other people are spectating or what they're thinking. Yeah. Whereas on Fumble, you can instantly see, oh look, that game's got eight people, and I wonder if it's interesting. You can pop in, find out what they're talking about or why they're all there, and sometimes you your attention is then drawn to a game you wouldn't otherwise have watched. Um, it's been, and that it could be a really good way to watch the majors, hasn't it? Always yeah. been good to watch the majors with a group of people. Um. That's... Yeah, and it's sort of got that Twitch chat thing because, as I said, the spectators can talk to each other, yeah. um, which I think I think people really like. I think Blood Bowl Two really missed out there um, in making it such a single player experience when Blood Bowl was never really designed to be, was it? Twitch and Discord effectively gave Blood Bowl Two its community. Otherwise, I don't think it really would have had one. I think you're yeah. right. Yes, I mean there was a website associated with it, but that's I mean it's like sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark. You have to you know, move the cobwebs and avoid the rolling stone before you go in there to read anything. No one's been there for years. 
Hey. It's terrible there. They have to get past the ghost of Voodoo Mike and the corpse of Dode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not let's not darken the podcast with those evil names. No, let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Hmm, to let's. something else I wanted to talk about, which I need to find. Um, Blood Bowl terms. So, I guess if you're watching on Twitch and stuff and things like that, you might hear uh, potato. Potatoing. Yep. Uh, Mr. Throw, which I've only just recently found out the story to, and why the orc thrower is called Mr. Throw. Why is that? Do tell us. Do you not know? Do you not know? I, I know I call him Mr. Throw, but I'm not entirely sure why. Oh, okay. Why. So, I, well, I didn't know. Um, but let's let's start with potatoing. So what is potatoing? Right. Uh, it's when, I mean, to me, and this is the thing, is there isn't... I have a dream, uh, which is I want one day, and if I had any technical skills at all, I'd do it, to be responsible for a website. And one of the things I would want it to do is to have a page that is an ex- exhaustive glossary of terms used in Blood Bowl. Um, so pretty much covering exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. To me, potatoing is running any player with the ball beyond any assistance from your own team towards the enemy's touchdown line. Um, just, and just usually leading in a way where they can then hit it, and right. you're just hoping that doesn't work. Okay. So that's yeah. what I mean when I say potatoing. AD, is that what you think? I would just say is to advance your ball carrier exposed behind enemy lines on his own. Right. Oh, that's much better put. Yeah. What what AD said. Dimmy. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. Like, so a potato is kind of like I'd say it has to be flitzable. Like it has to be arranged to be hit by the enemy. The, the, key, the key part of the potato is the fact you make no attempt whatsoever to try and stop your ball carrier being smashed. You just yeah. You usually see somebody do it when they they're not going to score if they don't, or they just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so they're just running forwards, hoping that even if you hit them, it doesn't work, and then they can still somehow get a touchdown. Yeah, yeah the old blodge potato is the best. <laughs> a blodge potato in blodge. Yeah. We tr- I see. I call that in blodge. We trust. That's what <laughs> right. Um, and what a yeah. So, Mister Throw. So, I was talking to Jimmy Fantastic, right? Um, because I've made my way onto the wrestling as Mister Throwek. Anyway, so I was like, well, where, <laughs> where does Mister Throw come from? And basically, he'd played. You might know this as well, Demi, and tell, correct me if I'm wrong. But he'd played a guy with an orc team where he'd not named all of his players apart from the thrower. Who he yeah. called Mr. Throw. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. Is that that's right, isn't it? Yeah, it's right. Yeah. So from then I think Jimmy and from obviously Jimmy's got a lot of followers. So from then every everyone calls the Orc Thrower Mr. Throw. Well he's been slightly surpassed by another couple of um, of streamers now who, who get bigger numbers and also Jimmy's not really into Blood Bowl at the moment. Um, no, but I think he was the yeah, first yeah. huge streamer, wasn't he? Yeah, everyone knows Jimmy. Like everyone loves Jimmy, and like a lot of his guides are the reason why a lot of the blood bowl coaches that we've got now are so good. Yeah, it's because of his videos and his yeah, his yeah, dreams. Yeah. Uh, he was very much the the trailblazer there. So yeah, it's not surprising that he's a name he's using has caught on. I'm hoping one of the ones I use will catch on. A term I use a lot, um, which is reversing the field, which is almost the exact opposite of a potato. It's when your entire team has managed to break through their team. And instead of sort of trying to break through them and score, 
you're trying to defend the score and stall with the entire team, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So you've run so, it through oh, the gap and got through. Yeah. And I, I think reversing the field is a, you know, is a is a useful term for something we don't really have a, a, another way of covering. Um, but then there's all sorts of things, isn't there? Sideline cage is another one that is, I mean, cage itself needs defining, but a sideline cage, it's it's not obvious what that is. That's well, just using part of the pitch's actual dimensions to shield the ball. Mm. I'll t- I tell you what would be good. If people wanted to, they could ask us on our Discord any terms that they've heard that they're not sure what they mean. Um, we can chat about it there as well. Or if there's one you you, think you use differently to the rest yeah. of Blood Bowl, for example, that would be useful too. Uh, there is, of course, always there's a, a separate channel just for stuff to do with the podcast on the Major Fumble Discord server. So yeah. do feel free to pop in there and say hello or chat about anything on the podcast that interests you. Uh, I would say my, my favourite and probably the weirdest Blood Bowl term I've ever heard was the Venga bus. Yeah. Is, <laughs> so I don't know if that's like... I've never heard term. of the Venga bus. You've not heard of the Venga bus? So it was... It's, I believe uh, invented by the England NAF team whilst on their way to the World Cup to describe a formation they were already using that isn't quite the standard cage. The edge cage with the two in the middle to pre- prevent. What's well, an yeah. anti-leak cage? Anti-leak cage yeah, is yeah, uh, yeah. basically what it is. Yeah. It's basically a V on top of an upside-down V, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two in the middle and four corners. So if you if you stretch over, a standard five-person cage and have two in the middle instead of one, one in front of the other, that's a sort of standard Venger bus. You often see a Venger bus with a driver, don't you? <laughs> Which is filling in the space either directly in front of or directly behind the ball carrier. And it's all about stopping people leaping in and getting one die on the ball, isn't it? It's trying to make sure they get yeah, red okay. dice or two die uphill Sleep. on the ball if they leap in. Team England had a bunch of drinks at the night before party. <laughs> the idea calling it the Venger bus, that's and it stuck. That's just what it was, really. Were they particularly listening to the Venger girls that night or something? Was there a? I have no idea. I imagine they were probably listening to the actual Venger bus song, to be honest. Right. But I mean, there's lots. Of, there's lots of fun names for types of cages. Though there's a fortress as well. Yes, and the bunker. Yeah. yeah. So, how would you define a fortress? Ah, so the fortress is the extra, extra wide cage with usually at least three players inside. It's something you usually see lizardmen do, actually, because you can jam a crap load of skinks inside. Yeah. And then to be a bunker is when you hole up in the corner on your own touchdown line with at least five players um, in two lines in front of and to the side of the ball carrier. So that outside of leap, there is genuinely just no way through, even on a series of sixes. If you fill every single gap, it's a super mega bunker. (laughs) (laughs) Super mega bunker. I've never heard of these, to be fair. (laughs) One I had a a bit of an issue with the other day. Now, there is a phrase that's become very, very popular on Blood Bowl 2, which I refuse to use. And if we're talking about times and how we define them, then I'm going to bring up this thorny subject. For as long as I've played Bub Bowl, there has been a concept that I know as the withdrawn offence. Oh, where really? on your offensive drive, you don't even perhaps lock, knock over the line of scrimmage. You just try and pick the ball up and run as far backwards away from the opponents as possible. You then try and kill as many turns as you can without engaging, without getting any attrition, without being hit back. And then whether you suck them forwards to try and attack you or whether they stay on the halfway line, 
the idea is that you then, in a single turn, try and break through their lines and dash forwards towards scoring the touchdown. The basic concept being minimizing the amount of attrition, minimizing their chances to hit you, and not engaging in any fight with them at all if you can avoid it. Now, it's not a tactic I love. I think it's quite anti-fun. I think it's quite boring for people to play against. But it, there are times, particularly, I mean, I coach high elves famously in a league. If you've got, you know, five high elves left and you're 1-0 up, then I see absolutely no reason why that isn't the ideal situation to do something like that. Um, but it's been given another name over on Blood Bowl 2. Dare, dare we speak its presence here? Are you talking about the wonderful term that I came up with on oh, Fumble years and it? years ago and then spread to Blood Bowl 2? Yes, on, it's entirely it, your it. fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about the darker. Oh, I wish you wouldn't use that phrase. Oh. I think it's great. Come I on, have you... seen it being banded around. I think it's awesome. We have a coach on Fumble who is possibly the most famous Blood Bowl coach in an entirely different game, which he doesn't play, never will play, and thinks is terrible. Of course it's great. Okay, is, I haven't seen the irony of that. He's properly famous. <laughs> it's he is. Pretty much... The problem I've got is that Matt Dacker, who is who we are referring to, uh, to my mind, doesn't even do what people seem to now not want to call the withdrawn offence. What he yeah, does he is just, he just, <laughs> he just runs, runs away. away. He just runs away with whatever team, whatever race. If it's someone he thinks can beat him, he just runs away. And to me, that's very different. Yeah. So I, you, I almost feel you've misnamed it, AD. But if okay. You if you describe it as a defence which pulls back, probes from side to side before eventually dashing through, you're making what he does sound a lot more dynamic than it actually is. Yeah, because what he does is run the hell away and hide. And then he scores. But he also does it on defense as well. So I guess you need, you need to be clear. Like most people who say they're going to do a DACA aren't really because they, they lack the commitment for the full, you know, the, the full both sides of the half repertoire. Wherein his withdrawn defense is actually very interesting from a tactical point of view as well, though. Yes. Yeah. I, I saw one the other day. It wasn't him, it was someone else. But they, um, they feigned that they were going to not defend at all. Yeah set eight of their players up and about six or seven steps back and all over on one side of the pitch. So it looked like they were just trying to form a, you know, an impenetrable big mass. You know, if you want to fight, you can have to come over here and fight. But if you just want to score, walk down the other side and I won't molest you. And then when the other team advanced about halfway through his half, he just suddenly sprang, based everything and started fouling like crazy. Yeah. Jimmy used to do that in the CRP because if you lost the toss, there was a zero 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 percent chance even engaging another CPOM team so he just dropped back and sit in his own half and then around turn four he'd start blitzing stuff that was in range yeah and that would guarantee you a draw maybe get you a win in a tournament game and back then you know this was actually seen just about every second game in a box at high tv it was so common because you know what the hell else you meant to do but what yeah. made what made daka's defense stand out is he still does it and he does it with Kemri, he does it with Seedorfs, he does it with anything if he thinks there's a chance his players will be removed. And it gets interesting because he's actually taken to developing most of his teams to have at least one player who can do a desperate cage dive in turn six or seven. So if you do get down the side and start stalling, he can try to get you to give him two turns back. But what, so usually, what usually happens is people push forward too quickly 
then realise he's collapsing in on him and he's still got most of his team. Yeah. And they have to score. Does well, he much as it, he, he does all right. I mean, the irony for me has always been, and I've said this to him, so I don't mind saying it about him. I don't know if he listens to the podcast, and I don't care. The irony for me is that actually, if Matt Dacker tried a little harder to coach Blood Bowl properly, I think he could be an ex- a top coach. I think he's got a lot of the skills to really push on and be even better than he is. At the moment, he's he's okay. He's a very good coach, but I think he could be really top level if he just had a background. He's, he's a legend. Yeah. As he, as he likes to remain this. Oh, that's all CR though, isn't it? Well, I mean, this is the other side of it, is he has a, a slightly toxic view that basically all humanity could be sorted by how good they are at Blood Bowl, uh, which I don't really share. Is that possibly the reason you don't like calling in tactic the Dakar? There's a lot of reasons. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy with it if they called it the Purple Chest, AD. I, I just... <laughs> but I certainly don't think a man who lacks what I would consider an essential for a human being, that being a spine... Oh, do you know what I call the purple chest? What do you is, go for? It's not been made up at all. The full purple chest is one troll slayer, one uh, one troll slayer, one runner, one leader, one reroll, one apple. Well, that might be. Yeah, that that's not entirely unfair. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I I can put my hand up and say I've I've coached the odd team that looks like that. That's, I, I have done that in my time. Uh, nowadays, I have to say, on, I think on Fumble, this is one interesting difference between Black Box and uh, Bubble 2 CCL. I think on Fumble in Black Box, I'm very, very comfortable with that, with one re-roll and one leader. Yeah. Um, but in CCL, because if you get at all successful, you're going to be matched against teams four and 500 bigger than you. Um, I go with another re-roll. Yeah, I mean, the other side of this world is... That's the huge change I've made to accommodate that different system. Yeah. But the other side of it is, I'm joking as well a bit about, you know, Min Maxi Dorf, but, like, let's face it, half of the black box is equally as trim. And the other side of it is, when you made most of those teams, they were never, ever entering a tournament of any type. They were throwaway dwarf teams to play some games with. So why would they need more than one re-roll now either? Exactly. If they were going anywhere, I'd have built them up and built them differently. They play 15, 20 games, they die. That's it. Done. Yeah, Next game. Absolutely. Um, and that was for, you know, usually for a black box trophy run or back when I was sort of practicing and trying to get my, you know, my build right in my head and what I wanted to do for tabletop and things. Or just because if I list a dwarf team on ranked and where people can select their own games at will or choose not to, um, you know, I can be, I can list it and sit there for four or five days. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and the only thing that's going to offer me a game is something much bigger than me with an enormous amount of claw. Yeah. Um, or someone that just doesn't know better. And that's the problem as a as a legend listing teams on or, ranked, is that you end up either looking like a horrific cherry picker or getting brutally beaten by teams that are specifically built to take on yours. Or if you spun at 4am on the game finder, you could play Grodd, who would have been sitting there for five days with his dwarfs and his yes. legs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that is the other option, isn't it? Um, but I hear we're getting a whole new game finder as well. Um, yeah, because we haven't mentioned this for a while. What's your thoughts on it? Well, a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thoughts. Uh, well, uh, the the thing that I've been game finding is complicated. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, 
way back when Fumble started, we were using a completely different method uh, to to find games. Basically, it was RRC based. People registered their teams and said, "I want to play with this," and and people could look at the uh, look at which teams were up and stuff and stuff like that. And after a while, people went away from IRC and I wanted to build something that was a bit prettier maybe mm. uh, and tried to come up with something that looked a bit more console-y I suppose and we ended up with what we have now and it's it sort of works but it has some problems in terms of discoverability there's only so much information that you can see and I think that it's more clear now uh, that Fumble is a place for people who are maybe a bit more power users or people who want more information and who thrive in that kind of environment. Yep. Okay. So I'm looking at yeah. maybe rebuilding the game finder back sort of towards what we had uh, in the IRC era so that you mm -hmm. can see all the teams that are up at the same time and then uh, choose which matchups you want to Oh, there's a blast from the past. I remember typing BBLFG, which indeed, was Bulbot, indeed. I'm looking for a game. And then you would type <laughs> perhaps three letters from one of your team's names that were different to any of your other teams. So for my Paladins of Purple, I'd just type PAL and then forward slash maybe you know, Dell for the Purple Delvers. And then it would list those two teams up, wouldn't it? So was yeah. this before, obviously, the Discord thing kicked off? Because yes. I remember going into chat... But it wasn't really used when when I first started in 2013. It wasn't really used a lot unless you were getting told off. Well, yeah, uh, the, <laughs> the, the the way that it transitioned was we were using IRC for for real time chatting for a long time, and then over time IRC sort of stopped existing. Oh, yeah. it's, it's still around. People still use it for niche things, but it stopped being the the thing that people uh, use uh, generally speaking. Unless you're like a super specific nerd in in a specific niche uh, group, but so the usage faded and people started doing uh, match finding uh, over private messages on the site instead, which was yeah. obviously not very suitable. It just, I mean, it's not like it causes problems because people are sending PMs, but it's it's awkward to do and it's it doesn't really work. So that's why I added the the game finder system on the website. Because people were moving away into places where it's like this is super inefficient. So IRC sort of died out, and and Discord was coming up and becoming a thing that everyone is on basically. So that's why we were transitioned mm. from IRC, which was, uh, which is still, I mean, even now, a, sort of a legacy system. Mm. You have to download weird clients that are just strange, not very user friendly. You have to know a lot of technical stuff, and people are just not interested uh, yeah. and discord fixes a lot of those problems now as i recall wasn't there a few years sort of after irc more or less died before discord really got going yeah the, i mean irc was up uh until we had a discord server running right uh, but I mean, it was I, essentially dead yeah i just feel like there was a couple of years gap between one and the other where it all got a bit yeah. awkward it was, for a bit didn't it? it was about two years at least because i when i yeah. first joined the site um, I joined the IRC and I stayed in the IRC channels because actually, you see, while the main IRC channel was dead, all the meta groups had their own IRC channels that were actually really active. Hmm. Which is why when the change to Discord came, I actually posted in the thread saying, I don't think we need to. Because the thing was, although the main site was kind of, the main channel was dead, the 
satellite channels were all really, really busy. Yeah. And since we moved to Discord, that's actually completely changed. The old satellite channels of the IRC, which now were remade in Discord, are dead. There is new there are new channels which sprung up and are now very busy as well. But the old channels are pretty much dead. But then so are the meta groups that they were around. Like for instance the abandoned races race is pretty much done. Like I mean Yeah, that seems what? to have wound down at the time being. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you still have the same environment or the same structure. Yeah. The main the main fumble Discord is not super active, but there are lots of side leagues and, and interest yeah. groups that are really on the side. It's a lot more active on Discord now than it was on yeah. IRC. I mean I used to be on IRC for a lot of things because mm. while we while people might think, oh, it's the nerds thing, uh, it used to be absolutely fantastic for piracy, is all I'll say. <laughs> sure. If you were involved in top sites and whatnot, you um, were on IRC. Right. And that's where I knew it from. So I was, I was always used to it. But I mean, in terms of you, if you're a new user these days, I think Discord is so, so simple to explain to people who've grown up with apps and everything else. Whereas mm-hmm. IRC is like, oh yeah, so you need to you need to download one of ten IRC clients. Yeah, all yeah. of which are different, which means when and you ask me a question, of, if you don't have the same one as mine, yeah, it'll yeah. be in a different place. All, all of the IRC clients are kind of terrible as well because they're just compromises. They're made by someone who wanted something better, and then you have another example of a something unfinished, and there's no real, uh, no real effort in making a really, really good one. Yeah. Right. So no sort of unified one where everyone comes no. together and says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to draw up this list of proposals, and then we're going to make it happen. No, I mean, if you wanted to make a commercial IRC client, all you had to do was be MIRC, and it's terrible. So yeah, uh, MIRC yeah. was the one I used, but um... the bar is the bar was very, very low. And then, but the thing is, I did you're immediately writing code for really, really old tech, how anyone uses. But Discord does seem to have, you know, taken that up a notch in terms of usability and. You know, it seamlessly interfaces with Twitch and things like that, which is just so usable. It's great. Yeah. It's also interesting. We had the Looking for Games channel in the Discord, and we had people try to bring back this whole make games over Discord instead of using the Game Finder, because the Game Finder is so terrible for picking and so on and so forth. And did you notice that despite people trying it, they still end up using Game Finder anyway? So... Although GameFinder does have its negatives, it clearly has positives that a yeah. chat client cannot replace at all. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, I also think it's it's slightly, a lot of users are, you know, either on a, a, a holiday waiting for the new rules or, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, perhaps they're not coming back, I don't know. But there's a certain critical mass required to make things like GameFinder healthy, isn't there? Well, um, I, I wonder at times if we've slightly dropped below that. Well, we're going to join the divisions up, though, aren't we? So Yes, that will, I think, solve the problem. I mean, personally, my solution would have been far simpler, but, you know, I don't run the site, <laughs> and plenty of people should be happy with that. I think there should always be, because it's always been a core part of, of Fumble, whether it remains a competitive division or not, I don't care. I think there should always be a way that you build a team, you list it, you look at other teams, and you can choose which game you play. We call that the league division. Anyway, <laughs> well, I wouldn't be unhappy with that, but I know a lot of people would, and I'm yeah, yeah. really thrilled that the the two competitive divisions will become one. I think uh, 
not I, just because it means we can all hum the Spice Girls song. From what I saw <laughs> of the old Game Finder 2 when it was being shown around a bit by Krista, there is going to be the option to hide all teams from one coach. Which, to be honest, is going to be a blessing because, from what I can remember, of the last game finder was no matter what time of the day you go on it, there's usually at least one person you look at and you just say, "I don't really want to play him yeah. or any of his teams." And then it's yeah. always the one who's listed about fifteen teams, and you have yeah. to go through each one of them individually. Yeah. Reminds and me I find it. if you, I mean, the what used to really tire me was that you'd 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 come over across game finder, there'd be Three people with a couple of teams each, including you, yeah. and then someone with fifteen teams linked. Yeah. And you'd you'd look through them all, and you think, okay, well, I could offer games to these four or five, and they're sort of in reasonable range. And you do, and then usually they obviously turn those ones down because they're fair. Yeah. But sometimes you even then get sent a message, you know, through the site saying, "Oh no, really, I wasn't looking with those." Well, then don't bloody list them. Yeah. You know, choose the two or three teams you really want to play with and list those. Think of, think. I, I mean, this is this sounds like I'm crazy thinking this should be a thing, but think of the other humans' ex- user experience in looking at how many teams you've listed, and just yeah. think: would that be reasonable if it was the other way around? Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing about hiding all teams from one coach. Like, even if even if I don't really care about playing them or not, I don't want to have to scroll past God knows how many teams just to see the options for the whole way down. I mean, could you not just cap it at, like, three teams per well, coach? No, because so, like, that restricts options. Yeah, we're, we're not big uh, into restricting okay. things, do we? Okay. It's, it's, a bit like the, it's a bit like the black box in the sense that if you put one team into the black box, you restrict the options for it to make games. If you put one team into the game finder, you are immediately restricting the options other people have to offer you games. And, I mean, in both cases, trash in, trash out. Uh, yeah, so I should, I should be like spinning more than one team in black box every time, right? If you want, if you want, want nice balanced you, games, yeah, then probably the best way to do it is to um, activate or list as many teams as you can. Yeah, because like the, make, the like, match three. then has a better chance of finding you a. It a does. I think. I think when you when we run the black box trophy though, I would regularly just roll one of mine because it's the one I needed to. Yeah, then you should spin that single team. That but yeah. don't don't complain if you get a terrible match out of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're giving the matchmaker less options to find you a good game. So I mean like if you've got four teams, does it let you pick which team you use to play against? You can do it either way, Dimmy. You can either just activate one of the four teams. Okay. Or you can activate two or three. I saw or that. Four. Yeah. And if it's if you activate four, it will seek I mean, it, technically, well, the most even matchup is it like well, TV? Or... I shouldn't. We should let Chris talk about this. But yeah. from a layman's point of view, I will tell you, it doesn't necessarily give you the best matchup that all four of your teams could have possibly had. Yeah. What it will do is it will look at all of the teams it's got. It will try and work out what is across the balance of the matches it's offering everybody the fairest, and then uh, pick that option. Yeah, because it, it doesn't. That, coach and pair team as well so that like there are lots and lots of variables going into it yeah and uh, one thing that it does do is that uh, you can get a suboptimal opponent but if if you're playing a team or, or if you're assigned a specific opponent the the it tries to find the most even match yeah. between the teams that you both have listed that's awesome 
That's yeah, that's like one of my bugbears with um uh Block or Two is like T V plus and all that sort of thing and just being I mean, 500 TV down to someone. Just hear this in mind when you first play Small Man at 1250 TV. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's just like playing Yekastay with his 1100 TV underwater. It is exactly the same. Three small bombers and your rookie chaos. Yeah. It is exactly the same. I mean, look, Dimmy, to be honest, there are ch- there's a chance. I mean, particularly if you happen to spin a team in the black box at, say, half two, three in the morning, UK time. Okay. There's a chance that your 1200 team. Um, rolls into a 2,500 team because they've mono-activated their only team. Ah, uh, I didn't know. Okay. So what, if you were the only two guys spinning at the same time, then you automatically get... Only if your team is over 30 games old in that situation, though. Oh, really? Oh, that's pretty cool. Because that, yeah. TV cap, that TV cap is too big for a 1,200 team to play if it's less than, oh, at least 24 games old. Yes. So basically, there's a lot of new protection for teams in the first, oh, I'm going to say five to ten games. That then scales down, and by 15, it's it's there, but it's kind of small. Um, but it still exists to some degree right up to 30 games. Uh, Chris would have to tell you exactly what, and he'll be a little bit cryptic about it because he doesn't like the full details of every bit of code. Name. <laughs> yeah, don't blame him. Yeah. Well, details of that coding. Some cards chest, haven't you? Those limits are. I've, post them somewhere. I don't remember them off the top of my head. Something five, 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 the first five games are fairly hard restricted. Uh, the next five, a bit less, and then there's a sliding scale up to 30. Yeah. And after 30 games played, you're, you're completely technically possible to be anyone, paired yeah. to anyone. Even if you're after 30 games, if you're, if you have a 1200 team, you'll happily be placed against a 2500 team. Do, do people keep 1,200 TV teams after 30 games? They used to. Yes. Uh, um, I mean, we've already mentioned him once by name, so I'll do it again. Small Man had a 600. <laughs> small Man? Bouncing he, around he between on the show. 1,100. I, I heard the Small Man one. Yeah, I, I listened to that intently. I quite enjoyed it. He's the Australian guy, isn't he? Yeah, he was. I mean, I thought he was yeah. dead nice. And he, I thought he, he was there. He deserved the right to reply, and you know he was a big figure. I think that was one of the best yeah. podcasts we've done. It was, it was, very it was one of the most controversial. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was one of the best. And I mean, everyone has the right to play block ball the way they want to play it. You know, so it's like, absolutely. Um, but yeah, remember yeah. that when you roll into some monster with a twenty-four hundred team who just is there to delete your team whilst chuckling. Yeah, you're going to get that across all walks of block ball. Small man is one of the reasons where why uh, we implemented the the thing. Oh really? Well, there you go. There you go. He's done something useful for the rest of the community. Because it it was actually beneficial for players to do that to just min max their teams, keep low, and then prey on newcomers and and rookie teams, and that that was causing a problem. There was very low risk being paired against something high because you were so low team. Yeah. Yeah. So and, we I mean, changed that to make it make the scheduler better, and it more than made... just making horrible games happen. I think everyone's key worry was that it disincentivized new people to. That's design. the problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you if you come onto Fumble, you're struggling to learn Blea Blood Bowl, you're struggling to learn the client, and then your one game old team runs into Small Man, who completely deletes half of your players. That's a huge morale hit that a new player to Blood Bowl is going to struggle with. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. such a brutal game anyway. I always remember Wreckage saying he never had a problem with the min-max days because you basically, he was like, you play one game in five against the min-max team and then that's it, you just build up, you never play them again. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, you've got God knows how many thousands of games in the fumble, yeah. you know that's going to happen. If you're yeah. a new 
if you're a new coach, your first game's Blader, your second game's Smallman, your third game's Harpo, you're done. You're not coming back. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. problem isn't that, that people get one of those games. The problem is that it's a successful strategy, which means yeah. that more yeah. people will be doing it, and that becomes a huge barrier to entry, yeah. eventually. 2012-2013, like... Anyone who thinks small man was the only bin maxer has a very bad memory because I've seen the threads in the forums and I've seen what people were running because, you know, your team lives on Fumble forever. Anyone well, else? Lots of people accused me of it, AD. I mean, the very... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think there was a difference in that, as you said, I didn't try and hang around for a thousand games with the same team. They would develop and grow and then die if there were time for them to die. And also, you know, I hope my in-game chat and my desire to help people and be nice made it slightly different too. Because I would offer a lot of advice and support whilst ruthlessly destroying their teams. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, that's that's CR covered. Um, it's been a long old podcast. But then it we haven't done still one going, for a month. We've got. A, I just want to give a shout out, um, yep. very quickly, to Thrudball. Um, I just need to get my message up. But basically, I think they're doing a charity auction. Yes, they are. Aren't they? Um, uh, and talking about the the thriving of Discord, by the way, Thrudball is organised out of the Squad Chaos server, um, though it's run by Thor and his partner, um, and has been for years. But recently, that sort of expanded into an entire Discord and community uh, called Squad Chaos. They have T-shirts and uh, a club. Yeah. And uh, and they offer a load of support. They're very big into you know mental health and people being nice and, and sort of talking to each other and communication, which particularly in the Blood Bowl community can be a, a big live issue, as, as all of us on this podcast know only too well. Uh, we've talked yeah. a lot about mental health here. We? we have. Yeah, we don't, we don't shy away from it. Um, um, so we're big fans of Thrubball, we're big fans of Thor, and uh, yeah, the very best of success to them. So do seek their, their server out. Once again, it's called the, the Squad Chaos Discord server. Um, and consider their auction, because it's all for fantastically good charities, including lots of uh, yeah. mental health stuff. So it's it's basically just over a month away. Yeah. Um, 100 coaches taking part in Thrubball. The auction catalogue has gone live. I'll put a link, but it's basically www.thrudball.com forward slash auction. Um, and we're just doing, doing a plug for them because they're great guys. So Gaz got in touch, which is uh, Widram. Um, I think I might have met him actually. I can't remember. Anyway, um, but we'll do that. I'll drop a message saying we've done that. We'll put the link in the description. Um, but yeah, get in touch. You can just literally on the site, you go on and you can place bids on stuff. And what sort all, is it like Blood Bowl stuff, like Blood Bowl teams and stuff? Well, I'll, I'll have a look. I'll have a look. Yeah, <laughs> have a look. Um, I need to get some uh, counters for the ball, apparently. That's what you, you, Yeah, when you play live, I do think you need a ball counter. I think that's the one yeah, huge addition you desperately so. need. Uh, those little plastic balls, they're just crap. <laughs> yeah, and ball no counters I've are great. Ever used, but talking of ball counters, counters, the um, gift from if you join NAF. Uh, the NAF this year is, I think it's pink dice and a ball counter. Oh, it's nice. I wonder if I wonder if they'll send me the one they never sent me last year. Yeah, as well. I'm still waiting for mine last year as well. Uh, yeah. I got my last year's one, um, and then about a month later, I got the new ones. I think so. Yeah. Well, anyway, look. Oh, do you have to re-sign up every year? Theater? Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's uh, only. I think it's about ten pounds a yeah, year, but you get a, a you get a set of dice and usually one other thing with it. Uh, okay. 
Um, so it's not bad value. And as someone now that's expanding your Blood Bowl horizons, Dimmy, I mean, I would recommend to everyone, it's obviously your choice. There's no real need to, but it is the closest thing we've got to, you know, I mean, it is player run. It is the closest thing to a sort of organizing body that isn't Games Workshop. Yeah. It will track all your online stats, which you'll do for free anyway, whether you join or not. But I just think it's it's a good thing, the NAF. I'm not a huge joiner, but I did join, and I never regretted it, and I will continue to give them my subs. I like the rule set. I think the NAF, the NAF rule set is probably some of the most competitive Blood Bowl I've played. Yeah, like, I mean, that, that's... Even, like, the most even competitive Blood Bowl. Well, I mean, when you talk about the NAF rule set, I mean, you're talking about in the older rules the 1100 standard sort of what people think of as a standard nav tournament yeah yeah that's kind of it's uh, and I, again i know purple goo isn't the head of tournaments for nav anymore and also doesn't listen to it <laughs> I, I hear him in my head saying <laughs> that is not uh the full extent of of nav tournaments nav tournaments happen at all sizes some even have progression um some you start with two skills and then two games later you add more skills and then you know after four games you add another two for example um, some of them start at 1150, some 1250, some yeah. 1200. Very but yes, I, I still think of 1100 as standard NAF tournament settings because that yeah, seems we, the most common. I but it's definitely not the only I one. Won. I don't want to put that message out. I, I think the NAF tournament I won was 1100. Just dropping that in there. What, what team did you win it with? Lizards. Oh, boo. Yeah, everybody thinks of NAF as uh, 1100, 5 plus 1, or 6N, but the thing is, it's like actually the only thing that would be t- the only thing that's typical about a NAF tournament is that the tournament organizer creates his own rule set. Like, yeah, that is and that most of the people have pot bellies. Yeah, do you like, guys Jimmy, where yeah, I guess, you live? Uh, Hastings, Hastings. I don't know what that's near. It's is right it? on the bottom of South Coast, so I'm about oh, an hour. Oh, it's quite a long way. Yeah. yeah, no, I've said if he's going up to the UKTC and if we do end up somehow getting tickets, yeah. that I'll head up with him. Uh, yeah, we can, yeah, you know, course. play on the train or whatever. But um, I'll it's, put you uh, both up from the station. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the big issue is COVID, really. Like, if pretty, like, because I can get down to Brighton and stuff, I can play in Brighton, I can play in London. Like, London's not much of an issue for me, but it's just the fact that COVID just. Yeah, no, when the London tournament scene down. kicks off again, Dim, I'll, I'll throw you some invites. I'm actually down in Brighton next weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, it's lovely, mate. It's lovely. See my, uh, my best mate in the world, best man at my wedding, Aww. and his lovely family. So that's going to be nice. Just nice to get out of London and get out of the house for a bit. Definitely. Well, yeah. I don't know if you remember last week, I said that I would do a little bit of a giveaway for the best name of a team. That's what we you did. About, wasn't it? That's a real hard thing to judge. Well,. I've, it's what we think is best. That's very easy. I, <laughs> yeah. is, I like, I touch my elf, which is what uh, Purple Goo put forward. And I thought I if I picked him, we'd, we'd find out whether or not he listened to the podcast. He doesn't. He said so many times. He never listens to the podcast. <laughs> so I, I, going through them, I mean, there's quite a few funny ones. Have you got any yourself, Dibby? What team names? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not very. I'm not very uh, creative. I'm not a very creative kind of guy. So there was uh, uh, make, all of make my... Kemry great again. That was yep. put forward. Sprue Moose. Um, I touch my elf, which I quite like. I do think I touch my elf is very good. Yeah. Um, something. But weirdly, I'm not sure any sure of them have come good. close to the example I gave originally, which was. Um, what was it? Um, <laughs> I've I've completely forgotten now. Yeah. Uh, 
fighting uh, flying sandwich hidden flying hot pot hidden sandwich or something wasn't it uh my my favorite ever team name was uh, a chalk team a chaos dwarf team that qualified for chalice and his team name was can we have claw and he didn't roll a single double on any of his blockers <laughs> <laughs> so the answer was no <laughs> yeah Studman used to have a ton of chaos dwarf teams called co-op wheeze and stuff like that yeah I think it was just so brilliant because he didn't have any, which was the Actually, best. Actually, calling back to the IRC days, I always there was a team called um, My Wood Elves. My 203 strength Wood Elves. That's right, which were a chaos team with yeah. all the claw palm you could ever want. <laughs> yeah. And it meant that he could contact you on IRC and say, would you like to play My 230 TV Wood Elves? You know and who did Oh yeah, then they'd load in and find that that team was actually chaos. <laughs> you, know who, you know who they belong to, don't you? I, 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 it's on the tip of my tongue, so tell me, you know everything, AD. Death gerbil. Yeah, death gerbil, of course. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Oh, again, ma- much missed. It's been oh, well over a decade, hasn't it, since he's been around? I don't know, he, he logged in in like 2017 and played a game or so. Oh, did we, he? We can got him to come back briefly. Oh, well, again, it's these sorts of things. I mean, the new rule set may bring these sorts of people back. You just don't know who's popping on the site every once in a while, having a quick look and thinking, yeah, it's still that rule set. I'll see what happens. Funny thing is, when it comes to, like, favourite team names, my own favourite team name of my own was Fist of the North Star. But my favourite team name I've ever actually seen on this site isn't even, like, a snappy or a funny one. It's just Boss Children of the Deep which was Cameron Hawkins' Underworld team, because the name is just amazing. Yeah, I've just popped on Death Gerbil's uh, homepage. Yes, the two teams in question, would you like to play my 204 strength Wood Elves or my 203 strength Halflings? Yeah. Both of which turn out to be killer chaos teams. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is joyful. I think my favourite ever name, uh, and it's just because we haven't given them a shout-out for a gazillion years on the podcast, much missed is the Divine Evolved to Anarchies, um, the terrifying anarchists of Nagaroth, a team that got so famous in its heyday on Fumble, it entered the rule book, um, which I think is the first time that anything from Fumble has done that. And they yeah, were mentioned wow. in one of the editions of the rule book uh, in, a, in a casual, you know, in one of those little colourful boxes they used to have back when the rule books were a bit more fun and yeah, a bit worse produced. And it was a did you know about the terrifying anarchists of Nagaroth um, which I thought was just a great name. Yeah. A legend from nearly 20 years ago when um, Enjoyment was the most dangerous player on Fumble. There is a Java put on of uh, Gamax. Game over, man. Game over. Because it's a team name <laughs> you can actually hear. <laughs> <laughs> Game over, man. Yeah. Oh, I've recently had the joy of watching the, uh, the Alien films with my uh, 15-year-old daughter. Um, and they had they've aged perfectly. They're still absolutely. Oh, great. they still work, don't they? They absolutely do. She loved them. Work. They still work. So I'm gonna <sighs> I maybe settle on Purple Goo. I think with I touch my elf. I know that's not his name, but he brought it up. So, so Phil, when you uh, when you listen to this, uh, if you ever ever do in many years time, please get in touch. Um, please get in touch with Throwek and claim your prize. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, anyway. fantastically! Arrested Development has just <laughs> that's what I was looking at. 
Well, I mean, he is, as we all know, not actually a human. This is a, a voice produced by a robot that he just pretends he's Scottish. He is, as you all know, if you've listened to the podcast, a boy in a bubble in a hospital somewhere, uh, watching us all with a massive and almost universal uh, spying system, which is how he knows everything. And he's just dragged up some quote from presumably eight million years ago, which is Death Gerbil saying to me, are you up for the match now? And I reply... Damn, hadn't seen the draw. Unhappy face. Oh, boy. Yes. Um, so presumably that was me in a tournament against one of Death Gerbil's many, many where, extremely killy teams. Where do you even find that? Because that's chat. That's on his about page. He's got tons of funny stuff on it. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what of the old accounts have got quotes and IRC and stuff on I kind of imagine, you know, in The Matrix, when Keanu Reeves is withdrawn from The Matrix, I imagine... AD is just in one of these pod things, plugged into the BB world. You can just draw stuff out. No, I just I just pay attention, read things, and remember. Yeah. Yeah, he he has an incredible retentive memory, which I absolutely don't. I don't read, so that's that's part of the problem. Yeah, I can't read, which is a bit of an issue. <laughs> Well, you can always get your son to teach you, Dimmy. I'm sure yeah. you're very impatient. I'm going to get him to teach me how to play football later. <laughs> well, listen, we've uh, we've been chewing the cud for uh, over an hour and a half. We have. We'll have probably outstayed our welcome on many people's ears. Yeah, but um, there's still stuff I really wanted to talk about. I'd, did we talk about stalling last time? I think we did, didn't we? I can't remember. I wanted to talk I about don't... stalling again. I never listened to them, mate. Yeah, no, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Did we it's talk fine. about Stalin, though? Because you listen, to, you usually listen to us as we, uh, as you fall asleep, don't you? I do, I do. I put you on, like, like literally, I'll put you on. Um, are we on headphones, or are you playing us to your No, I play you loud. I, no, I play you out loud. So um, it's normally, like, I'll go to bed like, after she's asleep, so I'll put it on, like, quietly and stuff, and then... Right. Well, a lot that. of the time, my, my phone battery runs out and then my alarm doesn't go off. Because <laughs> it just keeps playing the, the podcast. It would Michelle, <laughs> leave Dimmy. You yeah. can do better. <laughs> you can do better. Sorry, yeah. Dimmy. Um, well, you know, if you play your cards right, Dimmy, if we all go to UKTC, me and PC could talk to you in real life as you fall asleep. Yeah. One, one in each ear. <laughs> That's quite disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> In fact, um, we could use that as a superpower. If we're playing him, we could just start talking to him and yeah, he will fall year. asleep. Uh, I think it's a dev that makes me fall asleep over Like a Pavlovian it's, response. It's, he's got a much softer like, voice, is not he? It's much calmer. AD, yeah. Yeah. Just talking about CR. He's, he's much I mean, I, when a dev's not on the, the podcast, I'm always a little bit like, ah. <laughs> yeah, well, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, fair, I think he's only missed one recently. He missed, yeah. yeah, he missed the, the uh, yeah, he did miss one. So. It's important to say that we love you and we miss you, and yeah. we're glad that you're back, and we, we hope you're here back. every time, Eddie. And it's great to have Chris to join us as well, because uh, we Stop haven't had is. him on for a while, and uh, he Indeed. probably gave the best information that uh, could have been given, as opposed to us bumbling our way around what we thought was going on. It's the fumble. Now, as it seems we're, we're wrapping up, I'm, I'm just going to set a challenge again for the, uh, for the Discord um podcast channel or something i hope to talk about during the next uh, podcast when is it okay to quit Ooh, when yes. is it all right to say oh. Do you know what i'm done 
uh, and either concede or soft concede or play from the ground or just say, that's it, it's finished. Is it ever okay? Is it okay in a league? Is it okay in a competitive division? Is it okay in a tournament? Is there times where you can just say, I know it's only turn 13, but it, this is finished. Um, so uh, give me your ideas on that in the, podca- po- uh, the podcast Discord. And perhaps we'll get around to talking about that next time. Yeah, we will. We had it on the list, but we've been uh, we going. We've been going a long time, but we had lots yeah. of fumble things to talk about. And as we are the fumble podcast, it was important to cover all those tonight. Definitely is. Yeah, definitely. Right. So, anything else from anyone else? Nine. Great. Great. Thank you for the response, there, chaps. Appreciate it. Right, Krista, you want any more people to get involved with testing? Come onto the Discord, they'll find more information about it, and there's information on the site, correct? Yeah, well, mostly Discord. Uh, We try to do testing on Discord because it's much easier. Yeah, fine. Dimmy, thank you for joining us. It's been nice to have you on. Feel free to come back whenever you wish. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Like, the whole... Like, I feel like I'm a new member of the Bumble family now. Yeah, and if you want to find out more about Dimmy, um, he's on Twitch under Dimmy G. Dimmy under slash G. There we go. Uh, As in G double E. Yeah, it's his his Twitch title. You will find him there. I'll put a link Uh, in the description. I guess as my final thought, I just want to say that the, the new 145 season has kicked off. So for Dimmy G and anyone else either new to the Fumble client or new to Blood Bowl, or just struggling with you know your your CR and really feel you need to up your level a bit or whatever. Um, that's where lots of new players gather and we help them. We answer all their questions. We help them get to terms with both Blood Bowl and the client, and we get them going on Fumble. There's always help there. There's always a warm welcome. It's not taken too seriously. It's not a competitive division. It's just about fun. It's about finding your feet. About playing Blood Bowl. The new season has just started, but we always have place to slip people in once the season has begun. It's an open round robin where you get to play up to 30 other people just once each. But that's not really the point of it. The point of it is to learn and explore and get comfortable with fumble. So do come on in. We've got our own Discord. You can find it via my blog or via lots of other ways. And I promise you'll be welcomed. All done. That sounds like a nice end to it. Anything from you, AD? Uh, Not really, no. Good, right. Well. Other than that, then, uh, we hope all your die rolls are pows and sixes, and we'll speak to you next time. Enough will blow on your dice and not down your neck. Take care, everybody. (laughs) 